0: Good morning, you guys. It is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. Our sponsor for this first half is Odd Moe's Pizza. So just treat yourself, you know. Don't don't cook.
1: Well, after just, a week like we've just gone through with the amount of rain... Oh my goodness. Like, I know, right? Let, let them deliver the pizza to you. You don't even you. have
0: to walk out into the rain. <laughs> let
1: them deal with the just rain. Just give
0: them a call, order your pizza, your chicken, your pasta, your desserts, your beer... That, All of it,
1: and I know you're shouting out our first sponsor, but I'm really excited. that Our second sponsor is with us again yes, today.
0: Yes, she is. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning. How are you? I'm
1: we'll good. get a Thank lot you. more, a lot more into your business when we shout you out the second half. But yes. this is the third time or the fourth time you're with us. Third time?
2: Yeah, I think third. I think the
1: third time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got some really. So part of the reason I wanted Marianne to come is some things have shifted in, in her cancer diagnosis and she was describing it to me. I'm like, you know what? You need to come to sell this because I'm going to get her wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's going to give us an update. Okay. Perfect. But who was with us last week?
0: Bob Bush.
1: The infamous Bob yes. Bush. Yes. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Hello,
0: Bob. Thanks for
1: tuning in. That was some really interesting information about the fireman. It
0: was. It was. And I think. One of the things that stood out the most to me is that if you like if a volunteer or a, even a sta- i think it was a, even if they're paid and they have a second job, then they're not covered with the cancer protection as well
1: so it's house bill forty one thirteen and twice in the word of that bill, it says non volunteer firefighters right, so if you're a paid firefighter and you get cancer, it does cover you. but the point that Bob was making is that paid work two days on, four days off. Mm -hmm. So many of them have a second job. Right. Whereas the volunteers are one day on, six days off. Mm -hmm. And so all of them have a second job.
0: But wasn't he saying something about... Maybe it was off. It. I'm not sure. But that if if they work part time with the station and then they have another part time job that they're not covered because not covered. technically they could get cancer from another job. It doesn't mean that it came from the firefighting.
1: That that was the logic in the House bill as far as why it did not cover volunteers.
0: Yeah, that's bizarre.
1: Yeah. But the reality is, Bob said it himself, his very last fire he was the lead on the hose. Yeah, he was the first one in. Mm-hmm. He was exposed to ever been as much stuff as the rest of the oh, firefighters yeah. did. Just
0: because whether you're paid or volunteered, you're still going into the same fire. Right. You're still sleeping in the same station. You, you're, you're, I'm assuming your equipment isn't less than a paid employee versus a volunteer employee.
1: Well and again, I wasn't involved at all in the in the process of getting this house right. bill but it, was th- frustrating. it is frustrating. It is frustrating. And and again for the listeners that remember for a while Mark Kramer was a sponsor of the show, um, you can definitely email Amanda at
0: Amanda at K S L M dot news.
1: Um Mark would be happy to reach out to you. Oh and yeah. It, 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 conversations are free. But he has a really an amazing policy that will cover. I have it. I mm-hmm. have it for myself, right? And if if I do get cancer, and based upon the statistics, the odds are not in my favor, right? But now I'm covered if something happens. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're younger, like in your 20s, or like you in your 30s, it's a really inexpensive. Policy. Oh gosh,
0: I think it's it's very yes, very very cheap.
1: Yeah. So so it's that definitely was worth it. that was our recap from last week. All right. And I brought you a little different food. So I think, and I know Marianne listens to the show, but we've been doing this hundred disease fighting foods. Okay. This one's a little different. It's bok choy. Bok choy. Do you know what I that is? I love
2: bok choy. Do, do you? you? My...
1: Yes. <laughs> How fortuitous! I'm like, no one's gonna even know what this is. So, so why do you love it so much, Marianne?
2: Uh, well, it's. It's different. It is and it different. has a different flavor. But we found out about it uh, from a nutritionist that was helping our daughter with some gut issues that she okay. was having. And she uses bok choy a lot.
1: Yeah. Do you know what and it is, Marianne? I mean, Marianne uh, Amanda, do you know I what do it is? not. So, how would you describe it?
2: Well, I would say it's, it's almost like it's a, a leafy vegetable. Um, Okay. Yeah.
1: So the listeners cannot see this picture, but, but then it's
2: it's like almost like it's celery as well. I was well. just going to say yeah. yeah. it looks like celery lettuce. Yeah. But all she had us do was cut it in half and put olive oil on it and put it in the oven upside, you know, the the op- the side that you cut open down and bake it. Yeah. Okay. It's it's good. Really? Right? We, we yeah. use it
1: in soups a lot. Yeah. When you when you cook it in a broth, then it softens it up a lot. Um, it's used a lot in Asian cooking, okay. a lot of the Asian meals, but this is why it's such a powerful food. Um, there's a mounting evidence that cruciferous vegetables, and that's the ones that are the green ones, okay. um, and Brenda can explain to you really well what cruciferous vegetables are, but there's many of them, and bok choy is one of them. It reduces your risk of cardiovascular disease and a few types of cancer. In addition, it gives you potassium, fiber, vitamin C, and B12. Wow. Which deliver antioxidants, inhibit it, inhibit inflammation, and protect cells from DNA damage. And that is from the National Cancer Institute. All that information is from them. Wow, that's actually uh, really great. So you just get it at your normal grocery
0: store? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture of that for myself.
1: Yeah. And down at the bottom it says, a type of Chinese cabbage. So this falls oh. in the cabbage category. Okay. Okay. It's a type of Chinese cabbage. Bok choy nets you important trace minerals minerals of copper and zinc, which support a healthy immune system.
0: Okay. I think I'll do it how Marianne does it with... um, It's really good. Cookie, uh, baking it. Because mm-hmm. I like a little... You, you said putting it in soup, it gets like real soft. I like a little bit of crunch with yeah. my... Uh,
1: well, when you do it the way Marianne does it, like you say, it's going to have that crunch because the the base of it is kind of like celery. That's a good comparison. But until you taste it the first time, it's not celery. No. It's not celery. It's not celery. And the reason we like to put it in is the, the base of it gets a little softer, mm-hmm. doesn't have the crunch, but then the leaves are really great.
0: Oh, I bet, yeah.
1: So bok choy, a little different bok one today. Bok choy.
0: I'm going to have to go get someone and, and bake it on up. Another yeah. good one's kale to bake, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that's in your book. I
1: won't. Oh, we we haven't got to the case yet. Right. <laughs> it's still so in coming. the bees. Well, and I have a really fun update for you. Okay. June the twenty ninth
0: mm-hmm. next
1: year. So it's a ways away. But June the twenty ninth is World Beat here in town. Yes. And they always have it on Riverfront Park. It's a really huge celebration. We're having a charity dragon boat race. <laughs> you would. You yes, would. I yes. love it. So they they have a competitive dragon boat race, except Scott Mills, who's been a guest a couple times. Mm-hmm. Millsy for short. Millsy for short. Um, Scott and I had this idea prior to the pandemic, and it got put on hold. Well, we brought the idea back, and then we expanded the idea, because that's what I do. Right. <laughs> so it's gone from two dragon boats to five. Oh, wow. Each boat will be a different nonprofit in town. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be on my boat, then you just email Amanda. At kicking... Nope, just nope. kidding. <laughs> at
0: amanda at News.
1: Yes, so email Amanda to tell you you want to be boat. We're trying to fill the boats up now. There's going to be a boat for kicking cans. There'll be a boat for paralyzed veterans. There'll be a boat for Liberty House, which is child abuse prevention. You'll have a, a boat for United Way, which does lots of stuff in the community. Mm-hmm. And there'll be another boat specifically for... The festival. Okay. And then we're going to race these boats to be on the boat. Again, this is a fundraiser. So to be on the boat, you find people that will help sponsor you for 600 bucks.
0: Okay. So it's $600 a head $600 boat. a head
1: okay. minimum. Now, if you raise more, we have some fun incentives, but that's a whole longer competition. Right. But basically I go, Hey, uh, you know, I play, I'm pledging myself a hundred dollars. Can you match my pledge? Get some people to help you raise 600 bucks to be on the boat. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna be a ton of fun the day of, and it's basically paddlers on both sides of the boat, and like we would be racing paralyzed veterans up the river to see who can get to the finish line first. Yes. Well, again, you've known me for a little while. Our shirts are gonna be really fun.
0: Oh, I'm sure they They're will be. They're already designed.
1: <laughs> it's a dragon boat, and behind the dragon boat is the donkey, like he's water skiing. Yes. And, and it's going to say dragon, D-R-A-G-G-I-N. We're dragging our at symbol, dollar sign, dollar sign. Because <laughs> I don't actually ever say that word, right? So we're dragging our ass down the Willamette. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <laughs> That's good. So That's how time. many
1: people are on each boat? So each boat has 20. So, we're, we're looking for 22 that we have two alternates. Um, I have some that have already agreed to be on the boat. Bob's going um, to be on my boat. Mike Adams is going to be on my boat. Mike Sublet from Odd is going to be on our boat. Brenda's flying up from Arizona. She's going to be on our boat. Oh, wow. Right? Victoria Shen's going to be on our boat. Okay. So, if you want to be on the boat, now it's just a matter of putting names on paper. Yep. And then we're going to have a meeting early next year to actually launch this thing yep, further and
2: move on and have practices.
1: And there'll be a couple practices, uh, like one in late May, one early June, so that you actually get an idea of what you're doing when you're on the boat. Right. Uh, Because there is some coordination in paddling this boat. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm actually reaching out to a group in Portland. Mary, I might even know this. There's a group in Portland. Every single person on the boat is a breast cancer survivor
2: oh wow Are that's cool with that group? the unsinkables yeah yeah oh. yeah <laughs> yes that's cool that's a great unsinkables, name that is <laughs> so
1: these women who beat brett so they're unsinkable both in the boat and in life yeah <laughs> i love it so i'm going to reach out to sam and see if they want to be on our boat as well awesome so there's our they food. might
2: have their own boat too
1: well they if they want <laughs> to come join us that would be fun to have one more boat <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they do a big thing in portland um I'm not sure what the name of the park is, but there's a park downtown Portland where they do their big race on the Willamette up there. Okay. So, anyway, that's our update as the Dragon Boat announcement, and there'll be more to come.
0: Okay, so stay tuned.
1: Stay tuned.
0: What if somebody doesn't want to participate, but they would love to contribute? Now, that is contribute. a great
1: question. <laughs>
0: like, and, and if they don't know somebody to sponsor, yeah. but they just are like, you know what, here's just you know, yeah. 100 bucks to So, we comp. have
1: a forum that we've created. And it, there's got several boxes. So one box says that I want to be on the boat and I want to help raise money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One says I don't want to paddle, but I want to raise money. So mm-hmm. Or one says I just want to volunteer. So there's options. Okay, perfect. Then there's a landing page that's being created as a website. So you go to the landing page and there will be different choices. And there will actually be six choices. Okay, so there's five boats and there's one for like, I don't even care. Just give the money to somebody. Right. <laughs> so then you click on the kicking cancer option and then all of our paddlers will then show up. Okay. And then you go, Oh, I wanna I wanna pledge Amanda. So you click on your name and then you pledge Amanda. So okay. There's a great website being developed out to to pledge this to. Awesome. It's gonna be a all lot right. of fun. Well, it's December 2023. And I, I it is <laughs> <laughs> and I started reading Marianne's book. Okay. And I got to this part of the book and I went sat down with her and I said, Why don't we Put life in perspective for people who live in Salem. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm tired of the rain, too. It's like nonstop rain. But there's a part here, and I'm just going to read a snippet, but I want Marianne to tell you what her dad went through. Okay. In December 1944.
0: Which is still.
1: Which is still. So, back up for a second. Her her dad was in Belgium during the Battle of the Bulge. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, Marianne, that is still the coldest winter on record, right? Yes. Um, but this is the date, which is a little fortuitous because today is December the 9th. In the book, um, it says Wednesday, December the 20th. Oh, yeah.
0: 1944.
1: Marianne, tell us what was going on December 1944
2: with your dad. So, Easy Company, uh, which my dad was one of the members of, Uh, were taken to um, Belgium, Bastogne, Belgium, and they needed to hold the line. And and the whole reason it's called Battle of the Bulge is because it was bulging and they were about, the Germans were about to break through. And, And Belgium was key because of the roads coming in and the roads going out. So there's seven roads that are coming in and out of Bastogne, their town square. And so you you can see how this would be a great place to capture because it gives you all this access to go different ways from there. And so they were sent there with no winter clothes, Mm. no winter socks, uh, their boots were just their normal boots, and they froze. And they were digging foxholes in frozen ground. And they they couldn't have fires because if you had fires, then the the enemy, which you know the the Germans, could see the smoke or they could yeah. see the glow of the fire. So it's not like you could sit around a fire and get warm. It was absolutely miserable miserable
0: yeah thank you for explaining why belgium was so important mm-hmm. um thank you yeah.
1: well and i told marianne when we first started talking about this i remember from history class talking about the battle of the bulge except you've got a history teacher that's trying to take you through the entire war in a, you know a month mm-hmm. and so there wasn't time to really dig into why it was called battle of the bulge yeah <laughs> so it was just great to hear marianne's perspective But there was something that was happening, and and Marianne's going to elaborate on this, but I want to read out of the book. So first off, they're in a forest, and if you can see the picture of this forest, they're not big, thick trees. They're relatively skinny trees. Tall, skinny. Tall, skinny trees, and a lot of them. So there's no place to, there's a lot of places to hide in the forest if it's nice weather. Right. Except it wasn't. the trees
2: were in lines. It was like it was a tree farm. Yeah, Okay.
1: So you've, you've probably seen some of those tree farms that are forest-like oh, yeah. conditions. Mm-hmm. And so they're in the middle of this forest, and it's freezing cold. And I want to read out of the book what happened. Yeah. Um, so it says, find that spot real quick. Uh, so the, they, they yelled, incoming. And the Germans had sent 88-millimeter shells at the troops. It says the forest shook... The noise was deafening. Men fell on their faces in the snow and scurried towards foxholes that didn't always exist. The attack was like a storm. The rockets howled like the wind. It was harrowing enough being shelled by the 88s, but worse in the forest. The shells were designed to explode on contact. They would often hit the high of the trees, detonate, and create what they called tree bursts that flung shrapnel and knife-like splinters of wood in all directions. The trees themselves had become weapons snapping and falling to compound the chaos. Okay, that's the book. Tell us what your dad remembered. (laughs) What did your dad tell you about this experience?
2: Uh, I would say probably the first thing that struck me was in 2001. I was able to go back to, um, it's, it's called the Bojack Woods, which is where they were fighting from. And I had my camcorder and I was filming everything my dad was doing and saying. And so I'm filming him walking into the woods and he stopped and he put a hand up against one of the trees. And he was so dizzy just standing there. And I'm like, "Dad, what is wrong?" And he said, "I all the memories, as soon as I walk into this forest, the memories just start presenting themselves in front of my face. and, and yeah. it gets confusing. It's, it's a lot to think about, and I see men jumping over trees jumping into their foxholes. It was a very uh chaotic chaotic experience but and obviously i wasn't there but to see how it affect him affected him that many years later was so powerful and then to have it on film me basically having interviewing my dad with yeah. this camcorder not really knowing that i was literally interviewing him <laughs> but it was at it, it, that moment it it struck me so hard that he went through so much more than he lets on. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a man that came back with some, some psychological wounds. And, and that is just as bad as physical wounds.
1: Mm-hmm. So you described to me the other day one of the psychological wounds. Uh, if you think about like your graduation picture from high school, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got a picture of everyone you graduated from high school with in one picture. Well, your dad went to a flight school. Easy school jump school. Yeah. So he was trained to jump out of planes behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. And historically during World War One, planes became part of how we fought in World War One. And then between World War One and World War Two, somebody thought it was a good idea to jump out of a plane. <laughs> and but it would be a way to get people behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. So he goes for a jump school and there's a picture of roughly two hundred people mm-hmm. on this picture. And you were sharing with me one of the psychological wounds that your dad carried.
2: So when my dad got home, he took that crumpled picture that he had from basic training, jump school, and he wrote on every person. He would say killed in action, so it was KIA, or um, seriously wounded in action, S-W-A. And literally, there were less than two handfuls of people that came out of there without being wounded, without dying. And my dad is one of them that came out of it with no physical um, problems. You Mm -hmm. know, he wasn't injured. Um, He didn't have anything that you could visibly see. He didn't walk with a limp, you know, nothing but but he had survivor's guilt and, and that's huge because you are somebody who didn't get it and you I mean you you didn't get hit why why didn't I get hit why did you know Joe Toy lose his leg in the war and so they started having reunions after the war and they kept, you know, everyone's invited. You know, my dad would never go. And he said, um, I asked him, why don't you go? And he said, I can't bear to see those men that were lost a limb that are walking with crutches that have, you know, artificial legs. He said, I just, I can't see it. It's, it's too emotional for me. But finally, in the 80s, my mom got him to go. And once he went, and it wasn't like he wasn't keeping in touch with the guys. He did. They all were good at writing letters, calling each other, um, just checking in. I mean, they really were a band of brothers. And it's just, it's amazing how close they were. So they... um, um, went to the reunion it was in the early 80s and i want to say it was like 81 and he didn't miss another one until oh. he got too 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 old to be able to travel mm-hmm. that anymore. was like a
1: healing moment for him could yeah, actually show
2: up. Yeah, and he, you know, he had some struggles while he was there. He, bittersweet for it, sure. It was that that first night. It was it was too much, mm-hmm. and so he got up and he wandered outside and ended up getting lost in Kansas City, uh. and <laughs> they had to send the police out looking for him, and oh and he was just. It was just too much, yeah. and, and he had to like get away. And the Century only thing he could overlap. think of was, I just got to go for a walk. Yeah, got to get out of here. But um, yeah, it that survivor's guilt. He, you know, he was, uh, you know, told that he has PTSD. You know, had PTSD because of what he went through, and it's something that it it's you can't see the wound, but there were some very very deep wounds oh, for yeah. him.
1: Well, I want to jump forward a few years to November the nineteenth, two thousand nine. Two really, and this is will be interesting for Amanda to hear. Two really interesting things happened on the exact same day.
2: So, 2019, um, uh, November 19th, <laughs> two thousand nineteen, November nineteenth, 2002, No, November two, the nineteenth. November nineteenth. Yeah, two thousand nine. <laughs> uh, um, my dad was receiving the French Medal of Honor, which is a huge deal. The uh, um, guy, the the consulate, French consulate from San Francisco flew up to Salem or Portland. And they, we all met at the Portland Art Museum. My whole family was there. Some other, we invited some other special guests. And, and he receives this Medal of Honor. So... Earlier, back up that week, I was having a biopsy done on my breast because they were pretty sure that I had breast cancer. And my doctor said, well, you need to come in Friday to get your results. I said, I can't come in Friday. I have to drive my dad to Portland to receive this medal. And he said, can't somebody else take him? I'm like, I'm not missing this <laughs> <laughs> he's getting the french medal of honor it's this kind is of a, a big, big deal, deal. It's kind of a big deal. i'm you know can you call me and he said i don't like to call people if i have bad news and i said well you know you're, you're going to have to because i'm not coming in so you're going to have to call my husband dan said you know don't worry about it because marianne can handle it both of her sisters will be there her dad will be there she'll have lots of support And I promise you, she's not going to freak out on you on the phone. So he said, I will call you at 1.30. He calls at 1.30. I pick up the phone, and he says, you have breast cancer. And it's a very unique kind of breast cancer. So we talked for a few minutes. He said, I want to see you Monday. Okay, hang up. I go back in. And just as I walk in, the photographer said, Marianne, we, we're going to do photos now. Mm. <laughs> and so I walk oh up there and standing there.
1: Ugh. And, and we're going to pick this story up after the break. Okay. Because I, she showed me the picture. She put on a happy face. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I even knew it was her is because I looked in the eyes. Right. It did not look like. But really, like, you have breast cancer. Now we need a photo op. Yeah. And I, that and that. So let's pick this story up after the break.
0: Absolutely. Okay, huge shout out to Oddmost Pizza. You guys, thank you, Oddmost Pizza, for sponsoring this first half. Um, treat yourself, order it from them, and have them deliver it. Don't even leave your house on this rainy day. You'll thank me later. You're welcome. <laughs>